Welcome to Season 8 of the Keeping Things Alive podcast out of Western New York. My name is Laura Evans. I'm a former environmental lawyer, current natural resources planner, animal lover, and gardener. I'm also the author of Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law, which is available as an ebook, paperback, and audiobook. The Keeping Things Alive podcast is here to explore the opportunities and challenges as we all live together on this beautiful, living, and interconnected planet Earth. Hello, welcome to another episode of Season 8 of the Keeping Things Alive podcast. I'm kind of smiling and laughing at myself right now. I should have my camera and take a picture because I'm literally standing in the middle of the woods behind my house and recording this. I've done it before, but it just feels extra um, funny today. So I just waited for the chickens to quiet down. You might hear them again. And then there's also a lot of birds around. Today is Friday, September 15th that I'm recording this introduction. And I'm about to share an interview conversation that I recently had just this past Monday, September 11th, with Jenny Flanagan, who is a community acupuncturist. And I want it, I keep going back and forth about whether I can introduce the episodes with the person in front of me or not, but it just feels better to say hi um, and kind of post interview talk a little bit about um, who my guest is and uh, why I'm putting them on the podcast. And Jenny is, like I said, a community acupuncturist. She's also from Hamburg, New York, which is like me. That's where I'm from as well. So she has been practicing acupuncture for a few years now. And I met her at the acupuncture clinic that I go to called Buffalo Alternative Therapies. And I actually interviewed the founder, owner, um, Craig Labati my very first season of this podcast and I I still have a backlog of episodes that I need to re-release and his is one of them but acupuncture has been something that has been a part of my life now for coming on to 10 years now I, I started getting acupuncture in 2014 in Austin Texas as a way to address my allergy problems that I was having when I was living there and I haven't really stopped going to acupuncture ever since. I I remember when I did move back to Buffalo in 2015, I was, you know, concerned about not being able to find community acupuncture. So that's the kind that I like better. And we talk about this a lot in the episode, but community acupuncture is where there's more than one person receiving acupuncture in reclining chairs all in one room. And you get uh, needled is the is the term um, in your arms and legs and like your head, so you can still wear loose fitting clothing. And yeah, you're in a room with other people, and that definitely seemed strange to me at first. But I've really grown to love it, and I just yeah, we talk a lot about that. So Jenny does do acupuncture at Buffalo Alternative Therapies, and she's also breaking out and doing her own one-on-one practice in Hamburg, New York. So I'm going to leave her contact information in the show notes and definitely check her out if you're in Western New York. She also does some 
treatments with another woman where the other woman is doing a sound bath and then she is doing the acupuncture and putting those two together is really powerful. So that is Skylark Healing if you would like to check them out as well. And yeah, I will I will link to that too. So yeah, I, I guess I could keep saying more um, about, yeah, this season and this time of year and why I'm bringing acupuncture into it. Um, this year has been really wild for me with a lot of personal changes while our entire society and global community is going through many changes. And I have leaned on acupuncture a lot this year in order to move through these changes. And so much so that I was, I went three times, no, two times a week for three weeks uh, around March, April time. And now I'm kind of doing like every other week, something like that. But it really does help me and Jenny talks about this, it really is about the nervous system and regulating it. And I find that when I receive a treatment, I instantly feel more balance in my body. And that can be about um, headaches, uh, allergies, just a lot of like tension and stress in my shoulders. I have had um, a low back issue since I was 18. And it definitely like just loosens, loosens it up and makes it a little bit yeah, just less painful. And so I really recommend trying acupuncture as something if you are have, you know, kind of like chronic pain issues, allergies, um, a lot of stress happening. It, it is a way to decompress and it really complements a lot of other healing modalities, which we'll talk about. So yeah, I, I guess the other thing is that um, by the end of this episode, just the way that our conversation goes and we start talking about work and purpose. And I do say in this interview, an announcement that I have made to my author community over email, but not really publicly any other way. And that is that I have made the decision to go back to graduate school to get my teaching certificate and become an elementary school teacher. And we talk about it a little bit. I'm going to create an entire episode, maybe more, about education and why I am going back to, honestly, my roots, because it really is like the family profession. Um, but yeah, going back and going to teaching, uh, I did do one year in a public elementary school after college and yeah, just runs in the family and I, I love young people, I love teaching, and I am deeply frustrated with a lot of my environmental work. And, you know, you can read Silent Seasons to find all about that. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that that um, announcement kind of pops up organically in our conversation. And I'm really excited to share it with the world. I'm excited to step into this new role. I have so much to learn. I'm really excited about it. I guess one other thing, I don't know if it comes up um, when we talk, but I really am tired of being behind a computer all the time. That has really um, affected my health, uh, both mentally and physically. And I just, I really have to find new ways to to work and to contribute to my community that do not involve a computer screen. So yeah, I hope that you really enjoyed this conversation, get some new perspectives and some inspiration about possible ways to address your physical, emotional, spiritual health, um, all of it. It really does um, all connect. And please enjoy my conversation with Jenny Flanagan. Hi, Jenny. It's really good to see you and thank you for being here. 
Um, I am going to start off with my first question, and that is, where did you grow up and what was that like? Yeah, uh, well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I grew up here in Hamburg, New York. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I mean, it was not all bad growing up in Hamburg. It was definitely a bit of a struggle for me. Mm. Um, but I do feel like it is such a privilege to grow up somewhere that is so safe. And so, you know, it's just kind of like a quiet place. People are usually very nice. Um, mm. And so I just want to acknowledge, um, like, how fortunate I am to have grown up in a place like that. Um, but also it was difficult when I was in school. Uh, it was very challenging for me. I didn't know as a child that I was neurodivergent and that really shaped a lot of my experience growing up and going through school. Um, and so, yeah, there were a lot of like unique struggles that that came with. And I think there's a growing number of women, especially like in their 20s and 30s now, realizing that they are neurodivergent and then kind of looking back at their childhood and it's like everything clicks into place. Right. Um, and so that definitely colored growing up for me, but I don't know that that would have been different growing up somewhere else. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I've talked about Hamburg here uh, like on the podcast before just because it's also where I grew up. And yeah. I mean, I started out in Eden, which is more rural, but then, yeah, this place is is definitely has more of a small town slash suburbs feel because I like to say small town because you know even the city of Buffalo is a pretty small city so mm -hmm. when you're like a suburb of that city it's still yeah quiet and yeah I, I appreciate how you explained it I guess to add on a little bit with the with school and being difficult I think something that's interesting about Hamburg is that everybody that lives here goes to the same public school unless you go to like a private school or a catholic school yeah. versus like the city of buffalo where kids are like applying to get into different schools and they're getting you know they there's a little bit more what from what i can tell like you kind of figure out what your interests are mm -hmm. or you like maybe if you're lucky go to a school like that but yeah in hamburg it's like you're very st stereotypical <laughs> public school <laughs> education where everyone's there so yeah yeah, I can see how that would be. Yep, very interesting. How how long did it take you to sort of like like things to kind of click into place about being neurodivergent or how long before you like looked back and were like, oh. Yeah, I think I started unpacking it like three or four years ago. Okay. Um, and yeah, it just, I guess it relates back to what I do for a living. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you can start going into it before. Yeah, okay, go for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, acupuncture is largely like regulating the nervous system. Mm, and true. I've just learned that like neurodivergent people tend to have very sensitive nervous systems. Right. And so for me, it showed up with a lot of sensory sensitivities. And so I think back to like being in school, um, a lot of the challenges for me, they sort of rose to the surface when I got into middle school mm. um, and like being under the fluorescent lights and like just being around other kids, being kids, being really loud. I was overstimulated all the time mm. and it just, you know, it like compounded over time. It was like I had to be in school all day, every day. Right. I had no like autonomy or like choice, any freedom over my schedule. Like academically, I always did fine, but it was more like the 
um, like social emotional component of being in school. Right. It was it was rough. <laughs> yeah. No. I I I hear you on that, and it's interesting. Yeah, as you were saying, social emotional like that is literally something they're trying to bring more into classrooms now Mm -hmm. and I just I can't even imagine it because yeah when I was in school it definitely wasn't present yeah yeah very like yeah no choices yeah Um, so no that makes a lot of sense Um, so yeah I do want you to tell me about your work at Buffalo Alternative Therapies and yeah acupuncture and all that stuff I'm really interested in your journey to finding acupuncture and that being like your work so yeah how how would you describe it um and yeah when people ask you like what do you do how do you how do you answer and (laughs) then keep going going into the acupuncture in any way you want um yeah I'm deeply personally invested in acupuncture (laughs) as you know um Yeah. yeah go for it it's funny because when people ask me um I guess there's like varying levels to my answer depending on how interested they actually are well you can I'm very interested (laughs) so yeah, yeah go for it um so You know, sometimes I tell people I'm a community acupuncturist or I'm just an acupuncturist and they're kind of like, oh, okay," And, you know, don't even necessarily know what it is. Um, But then some people are like super interested and they want to come to the clinic and they want to learn more, which is awesome. Um, But the journey kind of started for me when I was an undergrad. Um, I was at SUNY Potsdam and I made my own major um, and I was able to pull from community health, biology, anthropology, and psychology. So I pulled from all those departments and I got to take classes that I was like genuinely interested in. I I really loved being able to do that. Um, And one of those classes was a medical anthropology class. Mm. And the teacher, the professor, she had many different healthcare providers come in and talk to us about what they did. Okay. And one of them was an acupuncturist and, um, that just kind of, I was hooked by that. I started researching schools and looking into how to become an acupuncturist. And there's a lot of steps to it. It takes a long time. Right. Um, and the education is very expensive. Mm. So I was kind of discouraged by that. I took a few years to just kind of work after college. And um, I was in AmeriCorps. And that was pretty stressful. Yeah. And long work hours and everything. It was in Western New York. Yeah, as well. it was yeah. on the east side of Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. And I looked up like affordable acupuncture in Buffalo, I think. And yeah. I found Craig through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Same. Went, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I went to the clinic, and it was funny because. Um, it turned out that I had actually called him without knowing that it was him that I had called. Oh. Um, because my dad was seeing another acupuncturist and he was just kind of telling her about, you know, the kind of like uh, difficulties that I was coming up against and going to school. Mm. And she said, I know this guy kind of peripherally who might know about an affordable school. Right. And so I called him and his phone broke and he like lost my number and so he wasn't able to call me back but it was like um it just felt sort of faded like I was meant to connect with him Mm -hmm. and so I ended up going to the clinic just kind of of my own volition and he's like needling me in the chair and we were just kind of chatting and he was like oh did you call me (laughs) and I was like oh yeah you know I think maybe I did and um yeah he gave me the information for this school called Poca Tech 
Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about, yeah, what does POCA stand for and what is POCA Tech? Yeah, so it's P-O-C-A. It's the People's Organization of Community Acupuncture. Okay. Um, And the community acupuncture movement started in Portland, Oregon, which is where the school is. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, And so the director of the school is Lisa Rolliter. Um, she started the first community acupuncture clinic in the United States and the movement kind of, I think it was maybe like 10 years or so where she was kind of traveling around with her partner. They taught people about how to use this model Mm -hmm. in order to provide affordable acupuncture for people. Yeah. So how does community acupuncture differ from, yeah, regular, like you just make an appointment and go one-on-one with a person? Yeah, so it's much more affordable. It's like a fraction of the price. Yeah. Um, It's on a sliding pay scale. So at the clinic I work at, it's 15 to 40. Um, Mm -hmm. Most clinics have had to raise their scale just with inflation and rising cost of doing business. Um, So 20 to 50 is a common one to see now. Some people are higher. Um, I think it just kind of depends a lot on where you live as well. Okay. And so when you go to a clinic, what like what would you expect at a community acupuncture clinic for someone who hasn't been there? Yeah. Unlike myself, who's gone now since 2014. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. <laughs> but yeah, what is it? What is it like when you go there? Yeah, so you go in a lot of places will have um, a self check in system at the desk. So you might just check yourself in and pay for your treatment. Nobody's like, watching you do that or anything mm-hmm. it's it's really just up to the patient um we don't require proof of income or anything like that and then you'll head back to the treatment room and it's a shared space um so at the clinic in buffalo here we have seven chairs set up right now um the clinics in oregon would have between like 20 and 30 chairs oh wow yeah, yeah. there was more in austin than this one but not 30 yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's cool yeah um okay so yeah no that all makes a lot of sense to me and yeah I for me personally like I've done both community acupuncture and one-on-one and I I mean I'm open to the one-on-one but I actually do like being in a group like with other people like sometimes it can be a little strange but I also I don't know there's something comforting about it and like I think we were talking recently about like other people like your nervous system is just like around more nervous systems Mm -hmm. or something like that It, it does feel I don't know to me a little safer or something like just in my own system but that's been my experience um Okay, so what is acupuncture used to treat? You mentioned earlier that it does a lot with calming the nervous system. So that pretty much is like every part of our body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like how how do you, like what do people come in to get treated for? And I'll talk about myself after, but yeah, what do you, what do you see in the clinic? Yeah, I see a lot of chronic pain. So like Mm. back pain, really tight shoulders, um, neck pain, a lot of people with like, degenerative disc disorders okay um people who have trouble walking um a lot of like old injuries that are still painful people who have had knee or hip replacements okay um so a lot of people with mobility issues fibromyalgia kind of these pain conditions that 
um, they have not had success like being treated by a doctor. Right. Um, and then they often, it's like they get to the end of the rope and then they're willing to try something weird like acupuncture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we also see like um, a lot of chronic disorders. So digestive mm-hmm. disorders, mm. stress, um, anxiety, yeah. depression, sleep disorders. Yeah. So I, yeah, all of those things, I definitely feel like, stress has been a big one for me um I also I don't know if you've come across this a lot but my what got me in the door was allergies like Mm -hmm. I started to get really bad allergies to mold when I was living in Texas and um yeah I was just in a particular building like at an environmental agency (laughs) that had bad air quality Mm -hmm. and um that's it really did like it took about a month or two of like very regular treatments but I don't know something about it really like calmed down like my sinus pressure and like all the like yeah and then even with this like wildfire smoke this past summer like Mm -hmm. my allergies were flaring up again and I started to yeah go more frequently but that's been a big one for me and then yeah the back and shoulder pain and like tension it's I don't know like I don't understand how it works really I mean it, it definitely is connected to my nervous system but I can tell that after like yeah the needles go in like how yeah how do you decide where to put them I don't understand but it really does like immediately calm my body down and then it's like it lasts for longer so yeah I I don't know I'm a big (laughs) fan I'm a big fan of this particular um practice so yeah have so did you go did you start getting treatment and then go to school or have you like I don't know like did once you saw that person talk to your class um Did you try it out yourself then, or how did that all go? I had, so when she came into our class, she did like one needle in our hand. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) And I definitely felt it. Um, It was a really interesting sensation. But after that, you know, I really couldn't afford to go to a private practice. Right, for sure. And I didn't know about community acupuncture at that time. So the only real, like, full treatment I had was when I visited OCOM, um, which is a school in Portland. Okay. And they gave me a free treatment at the student clinic there. Okay. Yeah. And then I didn't get treated again until I found Craig in Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. What, um, yeah, what is your experience like getting acupuncture? What does it feel like to you? Yeah, it's, so I guess I didn't start getting treated regularly until I was in school. Right. Um, and we would treat each other in the student clinic and I would go to the community acupuncture mm-hmm. clinic all the time. Um, just as a student to get treated by even like the, you know, the licensed acupuncturist. Um, and it just makes such a difference. I think like when we're in a constant state of like stress and overwhelm, we see the world differently. Mm. Um, and I think that once we're brought back into a state of safety, um, which is kind of what acupuncture does, it's like we start to see things differently and the way that I see it is like your your true self can really come through at that point because you're not acting from a place of fear yeah um and so that is one of the biggest things it's done for me but also like um I remember the the first year of school I traveled back and forth from Buffalo to Portland oh. every month. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so it's that a big was, trip. Yeah. yeah, it was, um. On your body too. Yeah, yeah. my back would 
the one time in particular I was in so much pain mm. and I was going to have to get on the plane to go home the next day and I was like dreading it um, and one of my teachers needled me and I was fine. Like, yeah. I, I was like, I got to wait until I get home and go to the chiropractor right. and he was like, I can just throw some needles in you. And <laughs> it was fine. I didn't even have to go to the chiropractor. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I I know. I, I haven't had a lot of success with chiropractors. I also haven't tried them very much. Um, I have a couple of times. and not. But with acupuncture, it was kind of like this instant like falling in love of like, oh, my gosh, I feel so calm. One thing I do want to clarify before we go farther with like just the logistics of acupuncture is... Can you speak to like how at community acupuncture, it's really you wear like, um, you know, like, I don't know, like you roll up your pants and then Mm -hmm. you like have like short sleeve um, shirts on, but you don't, it's really just your arms, legs and face. Can you just talk a little bit about how you really don't need like the whole body to like have a treatment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we use something called distal acupuncture. Um, And so you use the limbs to treat anything that's going on on the torso and the back um, because the meridians flow all over the body. And so they usually start at the hand or the foot. And those are actually some of the most potent points. Mm. Um, And so you can really, because the body is all connected, you can use those points to treat something that's going on on the back or a digestive issue or you know something going on with the lungs um right yeah so it's it also kind of speaks to trauma-informed care because you don't have to take your clothes off when you come to an acupuncture clinic right exactly yeah it feels really like cozy and yeah yeah, not weird (laughs) um besides the fact that you're getting needles put in you but yeah what do people like are people nervous about that or because I actually am someone that used to like pass out getting shots or Mm. like get really woozy I guess I didn't fully pass out but I've gotten a lot better now but the needles don't bother me really and I don't know yeah what's your experience with talking to people about needles (laughs) yeah so there's some people that I think acupuncture just is not for them at least not at this time Mm, they'll have like really strong flinching pain reaction oh yeah that does happen it's pretty rare um and when that happens we actually have seeds and prestax that we can use so prestax has a very small needle Mm. and a seed has no needle it's just uh like a little bead or um, often a magnet at Buffalo Alternative Therapies. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen those, yeah. So okay. that's like a very gentle way to still stimulate the points. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people, they come in, they're very nervous, and then they get the treatment and they're like, wow, that was not only not bad, but now I feel really great. Really great, yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely experience like a small pinching sensation like the very second that, the needle goes in but then it like dissipates and then if it doesn't there's like like I might say something or whatever you mm-hmm. know because there's but usually if it doesn't go away like right away yeah I don't yeah. know it's, it's very interesting like I I don't know I mean I've been now going to get acupuncture treatments for a while um but if you had asked my younger self like I would have said <laughs> no there's like no way but it's just been like incredibly yeah effective and I I like how you're bringing in a lot with the nervous system too because I 
I've been very interested in nervous system regulation, like just this past year. But this is like acupuncture I've been doing now for nearly 10 years. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's interesting how I was already doing it in a lot of ways. And now I'm just being more intentional. Um, No, all of that is is really interesting. Thank you. Okay. Well, I... I've been, this is my typical like going around and asking different questions. Um, but I'm going to just fresh ask you this one, even though we've kind of covered it. But when a new patient comes in for acupuncture, like how do you explain the process to them? Like what they're about to experience and yeah, yeah, how they should show up or yeah, go home with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole process. I'm interested in. Yeah. The, so the first time someone comes into the clinic, I have them fill out paperwork and then we usually sit together, just talk about what's bringing them in. And then I like to explain what's going to happen. Um, like personally, I like to know that when there's like <laughs> uncertainty, right? you know, like I like to feel prepared, I guess. And it's usually a new experience for people, even if they've had acupuncture before, not many people have had community acupuncture. Mm. So I just let them know that the treatment room is a shared space. We have seven chairs. Um, I let them know that they can pick their chair, mm-hmm. sit down and get settled, take off shoes and socks, and then roll their pant legs and their shirt sleeves up to the elbow and the knee if they're able to do that comfortably. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Gotta pick the right pants. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's also like if you can't roll your pant legs up it's no big deal yeah you know like yeah you'll find other spots yeah yeah, there's so many points and we just work with what's available and there's always like multiple ways to perform a treatment Mm. um and i like to tell people like there is no one point that makes or breaks a treatment Mm. so if something is painful you should always let me know so i can take it out um and like you said a little pinteresting is normal when the needle goes in but if there's lingering pain i always try to stress like please tell me so i can Mm -hmm. take that out yeah because it's hard to relax if you're in pain exactly and you should not be in pain right right there's conflicting opinions about this amongst acupuncturists but for me i do not Mm-hmm. I am not okay with someone being in pain from a needle. Right, right. And then how long do people sit there? Because that, that is the one other thing when you mentioned, like, sometimes people get tense or antsy. Like, you do have to sit there for a while and sit still. So yeah, you know, what what is that like for them? Or how long do you yeah recommend for someone to sit there? Yeah, most people stay 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... A few people who go a lot longer than that, they'll just kind of stay until I wake them up (laughs) or they'll stay like two plus hours um, on average. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And I guess I always see that as people who like really need like a deep reset. Right. Yeah. I'm a pretty much a 45 minute to an hour person, but Mm -hmm. I don't know, just recently I was there for like an hour and a half and I was like, what happened? Like it was so weird. Time is weird when you're having that. Yeah, definitely. So I guess, um, yeah, the next question that I wanted to ask you is if you could tell me a story about like something that's happened during acupuncture that surprised you. Yeah. Um, The story that like comes to mind first um, is this experience I had at Buffalo Alternative Therapies. I was actually just observing Craig while he was treating people. This was when I was in school. Mm -hmm. And we had one patient come in. She gets settled, gets needled, she's resting. And then another woman comes in and 
gets treated next to her. And so they're both sleeping. The first woman gets up and leaves, and then the second woman wakes up, and we're pulling her needles. And she was like, I feel like I was having a conversation with that woman next to me. (laughs) And she knew her name. And they didn't know each other. Like, they didn't interact at all consciously. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Um, But that, I mean, I was like, oh, my (laughs) God. Right. (laughs) And Craig was just like, it's okay. Things like that happen here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, but also, like, I think it's, it's really unique a unique experience for everybody who gets acupuncture Mm -hmm. um at the clinic in portland we had a woman she painted a picture of these people getting treated in the clinic and they were like in their recliners but just floating a little bit above the recliner okay and um the background was like very like kind of trippy Uh uh-huh yeah and yeah I feel like I did not realize going into school that acupuncture one of my teachers would say it's like a low-level psychedelic Mm, yeah so people they have dreams they see things they have like realizations about things that they've been maybe like perseverating on for a long time right um so that's a really cool part of it yeah no that is really cool I I did a painting of a hummingbird and it's been a while now, but I'll show it to you later. But it's got like black with like purple and green swirling around it. And I tried to paint like what I see when I am like, it's honestly, it's a meditation thing. And then it's like more intense during acupuncture. But Mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely like, you have a lot of, a lot of things going on like in our bodies and then outside of our bodies. And yeah, just where our nervous system like begins and ends with other Mm -hmm. people. I think that's really interesting. Um, Yeah, I guess I try to, I mean, you know, you find a chair where you're going to find a chair and it's totally okay to be next to someone, but I am definitely aware of other people around me. And then once I like go into my own thing, it's like, who knows what's happening? (laughs) Like I, it's weird. Like, I'll have like, like I'll be sitting there the first like five, 10 minutes and I'll be like, oh, this one won't be that strong or like Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, where am I? Like what, what happened? But it's to me, yeah, it's a good thing. I like to kind of like let go of that control because it does still feel very safe and like, yeah, like very low level Mm -hmm. psychedelic or whatever. It's definitely manageable. And yeah, it is fun to like, pay attention to my thoughts during it if I can (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that's those are really cool stories and yeah I I can see how a lot of different things can happen there I I know I said this to you before but like to me it seems like the movie Inception where they're all like hooked up to the same dream when Mm -hmm. you walk into the clinic and there's all these people that are like laying in recliners you're like oh like yeah Yeah. they're they're all dreaming the same so (laughs) um okay now, I mean, feel free to keep talking about acupuncture if you want to, but I'm kind of moving into other topics. Um, I did wonder if you have another one of your favorite like healing modalities, like if you could talk about what that is and yeah, how it's helped you and whether or not it's complementary to acupuncture. Yeah, um, I feel like there's so many. <laughs> yeah, and you can pick two if you yeah, want. Yeah. Um, I, I am also trained in Reiki. Oh, um, cool. And yeah. my Reiki training was really special. My teacher's name is Sarah Goff. Um, she's Soul Rolling Love is the name of her 
business um and she that one more time what is the business oh soul rolling soul love. rolling yeah. love okay yeah got it. that's her website she's just like an incredible person um who i would recommend okay anybody see yeah <laughs> um but she didn't just train us in reiki she brought in so many other modalities mm. and it was really cool to see how everything sort of works together so we would do like meditations and visualizations and breath work um and then we did some journeying like shamanic journeying um and just using all of it together it's like it all complements right you know, um, yeah and tuning forks was another thing she used that i would love to learn more about okay um how I, does that work does it makes different sounds and different frequencies right yeah, yeah there's different frequencies and then um she kind of taught us about how you can actually use a tuning fork to like comb the energetic field oh and there's this practice, um, I can't remember the name of the woman, but she wrote a book called Tuning the Human Biofield. Okay. And she basically teaches people how to use a tuning fork and find like disturbances in an energetic field and you sort of pick them up and like drag them back into the chakras. Okay. And the chakra sort of like sucks it in and then like re-metabolizes it so that it gets cycled out of the energy field instead of sitting okay. in the body. And so these are kind of like traumatic experiences that mm -hmm. we pick up throughout life. Um, and that cause, in, in my mind, it all goes back to the nervous system, but it's like it causes this reactivation of the nervous system every time we revisit that experience. Yeah. Um, and so she uses these tuning forks to help people kind of re-metabolize the experience and move through it so that mm. they can move beyond it that's all that's amazing yeah. you, just mentioning chakras did is there like does acupuncture bring in the chakra system or meridians are different from the chakra system yeah okay the meridians are different um, okay they're more like mapped out on the entire body okay and they have many different the pathways are kind of like divided into different categories so mm. they sync up with the organs and yeah you know there's um yeah it's a, it's and there's way more of them right yeah, yeah. More of them. <laughs> okay that makes sense yeah i was just curious yeah no i can see how a lot of these different practices can fold together and mm -hmm. i remember um yeah, I know that Buffalo Alternative Therapies doesn't do as much massage anymore, yeah. but I always wanted to like either get a massage and then go to acupuncture or vice versa because mm -hmm. um, I just thought that would be a really good experience. But I don't know. I'll have to try try it soon. Yeah. <laughs> or like yoga or something <laughs> like that because I, I really do feel like I'm in a very different state like after I get acupuncture mm -hmm. that would be, yeah, good for other other things too yeah I, I like that no I, I really do like Reiki a lot yeah. and I I have dabbled I can't say I, I mean I I went to like a training and things like that but mm -hmm. I haven't fully practiced but I do I understand it and it is really amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like when I did my training I kind of did it for myself it really taught me a lot about like energetic hygiene and taking care of yourself mm -hmm. um, while taking care of other people yeah so, no that's good yeah thank you yeah okay so yeah more 
more <laughs> healing modalities, but herbalism, like we talked about plant medicine. And I just wanted you to tell me about one of your favorite medicinal plants and either how you use it or how other people use it. Yeah. Um, so I definitely use a tincture to help me sleep at night. And that has been just like incredible. Um, I've kind of always had a difficult time falling asleep. And so I've been taking Herb Farm Deep Sleep. And I think that the key ingredient in that is the valerian. Mm, yeah. So yep. that's yeah. valerian's great. Yeah. It's been really helpful. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, I've definitely, yeah, I don't think, I think I have like exact, like just valerian straight up. And I used it a lot around the time I got foot surgery mm. um, to help me go to sleep because yeah. it was like a lot more, yeah, I was just in more pain and stuff. And that, yeah. that did help. Oh, that's a good one. Thank yeah. you. Calendula is also. Oh. I've used that for forever. <laughs> what do you use calendula for? Um, almost like any kind of cut or burn mm. or just like any kind of skin irritation. Right. I found it to be really helpful. Do you use? Is it like an oil or like a salve or something? I just have a. Mm -hmm. I've been drying. Like I've been growing calendula and oh, like drying nice. the flower heads, but now I have to do something with them, and <laughs> I I haven't yet. But is it? Kind of like a topical yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm. No, they're they're also really beautiful. They're like bright, yeah. bright, bright orange and yellow. And yeah, I've put them in my tea a little bit, but I need to actually like make the make the skin stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So kind of moving towards the end. Um, a few more questions, but what is an issue, topic, or event that you've been paying particular attention to lately? It can be something local or beyond global. It doesn't matter. But yeah, what have you been paying attention to lately? Yeah, something that I have been looking at, I mean, it's something I've always been interested in is like the kind of the way that um, we view work and mm. the way that workers are treated in the United States, it, it feels very exploitative. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's been really interesting to see kind of like the rising number of workers who are sort of coming together to unionize or to fight for equal pay or, you know, better working conditions, just being treated better and being recognized for their work and being fairly compensated. And I think it's interesting to see it kind of playing out um, post COVID mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people saw like these companies that they work for. I'm sure it's not like across the board, but many of them, they don't necessarily care about anything other than their bottom line. They're not really concerned with the safety or the health or the, you know, wellness of their workers. Right. Yeah. And there's just, there's been a lot more strikes lately yeah. and yeah, definitely a lot of recognition of that. No, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm also curious about work where it's like, you know, more, I mean, it kind of goes towards like the AI conversation, but like when so many jobs like across the board have become obsolete because of computers or technology or different things, like what do people do? Like, and yeah, what would a world look like if not everyone had to work like mm -hmm. for their survival? I think that would be Yep. 
really amazing because yeah there is sometimes where it's like people are just doing this because they have to Mm -hmm. make money not because it's like something that really has to happen and yeah yep and then i think about population like just getting bigger like there's just more people so Mm -hmm. there's more people that can work need to work and then like what are they gonna do so yeah Yeah. um no it's a it's definitely i'm paying attention to that too Mm -hmm. so that's cool yeah Um, Okay, so this is the question that I ask everyone, and you can answer it however you like. Um, But where do you experience in yourself or society a world that's dying and then one that's being born to take its place? And it really can be for yourself personally, or it could be, yeah, a bigger group of people. Yeah, I, I mean, it almost relates back to the last question. I think that I just see people especially like millennials and people who are younger than that, they want to do something that, you know, like feels really resonant to them. Like they don't just want to work to, well, I think it's, it's also kind of changing because it's like, we don't really have the opportunity to work in the same way that our parents and grandparents did, where it's like you have a job for 40 years and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get, you know, benefits and your pay goes up. Um, like that has kind of disappeared. Right. And so I don't know, you know, like maybe it's both, mm-hmm. which one is having a stronger influence, but I do see people our age really wanting to do things that are meaningful for them in their work. And, um, I mean, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing people who are like, you know, doing work that kind of speaks to like their deeper purpose or their soul's purpose and then mm. like brings them joy and makes them like come alive in yeah their, in their life yeah yeah I agree with you I I'm like sitting here like do I say it or don't I but I I do want to like I I mean that is what my book like silent seasons is a out is like you know going like doing all of the law school and all the jobs like with the purpose of like helping like with the earth's problems but it's just been super frustrating so yeah I have and I'm gonna make a full podcast episode about this but I've decided to go back to school to become a teacher (laughs) and I'm like in the middle of my life and it's like really crazy to do that but it is definitely a purpose-driven decision because I mean way too many people are like, why would you ever do that? You know, like (laughs) schools are awful, but like I actually really like teaching and I really like kids and Mm. I like even just applying to school, like going to the classes, like I'm excited about it. And like, Mm. I do feel like there's like a service purpose for like younger generations that I just like, I've tried and I can't, I can't get it doing (laughs) environmental, like, you know research and writing and law so yeah I'm right there with you like I mean yeah I'm on the upper end of the millennial spectrum but like definitely trying to like yeah it's just it's soul crushing um otherwise so and that's definitely when I like pay attention to my nervous system (laughs) and like how I feel it's like oh yep gotta make a change and you know I've done that within the environmental space but it's just not the the same and I guess one more thing about like work and yeah what you do I think I mean I I hope it like it it seems like your passion I mean you're definitely like providing like a really important service of um public health that I think I wish that there was like 50 more people like providing the same thing because 
I mean, that requires like more people to want it. Um, but I, I really do see like public health and like, yeah, helping people um, regulate their nervous systems as being like so important right now. And so, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really glad that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because it's really brave, I think, to go back to school and to make a big career change. And I think that's like, those are the teachers that we need are the people who are doing it because they love it. Right. You know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I, I appreciate that. Um, yep. It's, <laughs> it's gonna, it's a journey. It's already a journey. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing has been like pretty wild, but yeah, it's like, yeah, find like work in your purpose. And, um, yeah, like I know a lot of people, like it's never going to line up for them. Like mm -hmm. those two things are just not going to, but I also think that it can be for a lot of people. And so, yeah, trying to find my place in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but thank you for your answer. Um, okay, so yeah, we're at the end and I just want you to have the last word. So if you have any parting thoughts for listeners, recommendations, could be anything, website, book, event. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I too just wanna, I guess, say that if anybody is interested in going to acupuncture school <laughs> um, and is running into like similar obstacles that I did, uh, the school that I went to, it's Polka Tech, it's in Portland, Oregon, and the tuition is extremely affordable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I just, yeah, I guess I just want to say that's an option. Um, and the people who run it are really amazing. And um, for me, I am at the clinic three days a week. We're open six days a week. Um, yeah, so I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're on Niagara Street. It's 1314 Niagara Street, um, Lafayette and Niagara. Mm -hmm. And you can come see us there. Um, I'm starting a just a very small side practice in Hamburg. Um, the space that I have right now, I'm only able to treat one person at a time, but I'm going to be at uh, Village Yoga and Wellness mm. on Pine Street. Sweet. Yeah, so I'm hoping that that'll be great and grow, and then, you know, I'd really love to have a larger space eventually where I can do community acupuncture because that is, you know, really what I'm passionate about. Um, and I also do sound baths. Um, I'm trying to do them every month. I work with a woman named Maggie Bat of Skylark Healing. So she does the sound bowls and I do the acupuncture and we've done two so far and they've been really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to check that out because yeah. yeah, that that would go with my combining acupuncture. Definitely. Yeah, so that's yeah. perfect. Does it is it like the same time or the sound bath is happening while the needles like is that how it goes yeah okay. so it's like I go around and needle everyone um and last time we had a small group so I did do like specific treatments where I had people kind of talk to me about what was going on with them but in the past um I've done a few events of like meditation and acupuncture mm. um and then the sound bath and acupuncture and I use a treatment um it's called Miriam Lee 10 and it's I kind of expand on it a little bit but they're just like really beautiful kind of what I see as essential points okay um, and they work on so many different levels they're like multi-use points and so I don't always check in with everyone but I think that the way that acupuncture works it's it's not necessarily necessary 
Mm. to do that and so um during like the group events it just makes things a little bit more streamlined and you can still get an amazing treatment that way it's really cool to see it work yeah yeah all right well thank you so much jenny for being here and it's been great to talk to you and yep i'll i'll see you back at buffalo alternative (laughs) therapy thanks laura it's been great to talk to you yeah bye Thank you for listening to the Keeping Things Alive podcast. For more information about sustainability, this podcast, and my book, Silent Seasons, Chasing Sustainability Through the Law, please visit www.keepingthingsalive.org.